Welcome to Sex Talk with my mom. I'm Cam Poder. <laughs> Why are you laughing already? I'm looking at your face. It's like a little... You look like a cartoon character sometimes. This is not the way I wanted to start this podcast okay, I episode. I expect that to happen. Okay. Let's start all over again. I look like a cartoon character? A little bit. Thank and you, your, Mother. And your voice sounds like a cartoon character. I wonder if I could ask the listeners out there if they feel that they, that there's something uh, that I got. I'm onto something here. I've been told before that I remind this guy of a Muppet. Muppet, yeah, or Mickey Mouse. Aha! There you go. All right, can we get back on track? Okay. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Sex Talk with My Mom. I'm Cam Poder, and I'm Karen Lee Poder. This is the ultimate podcast about the birds and the bees with a sex expert cougar mother. And her stand-up comic son. Who has a Mickey Mouse voice. Who has a Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> and you go, you know, let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. Yay! You got it. I got it. So this episode that you're about to hear... Is Bomb as Tank is. It's a Bomb as Tank is episode. It's with this uh, very well-respected dating coach, mainly for men. Although his career is shifting, which he gets into a bit in the episode, and would I, I talked to him a, b- a bunch about it afterwards, so I can fill you in. Uh, but basically, if you want to hear tips on how to get more in touch with your authentic self and how to approach a first date, this is a great episode for you to listen to. Yeah, he's he's got it down. I guess. this guy is. Definitely got it all with the ladies. I'm telling you. And and if you are if you're thinking to yourself, oh fuck this shit. This is this is a pickup artist t- trying no, to teach me. No, this is not, not the same thing. No. Shogo, Shogo Garcia is he he bases his theories in world religions and especially Eastern philosophy. He's actually several years ago he got me interested in, in Lao Tzu and the Tao, which is like fundamental ancient Chinese texts. And that he he is the real deal. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. Yeah, mother, actually, <laughs> you gave a, a a great little. You started chiming in there about your confidence boosting tips. Really? Yeah, you started talking about how you should smile at people on the street, things. Oh like yeah, this. yeah. I think uh, I think Shogo and I were on the same page when we talked about our ways to be friendly and boost your own. Ability to, to walk up and introduce yourself to people. So I was going to ask you about this. You are brimming with confidence always. Yes, that's true. And I, I just don't understand. It's not that I, I don't think it's unfounded. It's not that I think it's unfounded. <laughs> are you it's, challenging me as to no, why I have this ridiculous I, amount of confidence? I, I, where the fuck does it come from? Where What is going on here? You know, I didn't always have confidence. That's for sure. I was very shy as a teen, as a as young girl, and I was uh, what's known as a like a wussy girl, I would think. But I don't know what happened to me. I just became very uh, self assured as I. I think being in a solid relationship, you know, for twenty four years or more with your dad helped. I mean, he always made me feel very uh, good about myself, but I think it has to come from within. You know, you have to really make, I just always never really cared what other people thought. And I, I knew like, uh, it sounds like I have the most unbelievable looks because it's not about looks really. It's just about how you feel about yourself. And I, I, I have a, I have a, I don't give a shit attitude about what people think about me. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I do. I do. I, I do care that, that people like me and it makes me feel good. But as far as confidence goes, I just feel like it's something that I, uh, I, I really wish I could impart all my own wisdom onto people because I didn't always feel this way, but it just has grown bigger and bigger as time has gone on. Do you think that you became more confident after dad's death? No. You were equally confident beforehand? Yeah. Wow. I think part of it is I was very comfortable talking to guys like in college. In college, I um, I wasn't like I was, uh, you know, the homecoming queen by any means. And I wasn't in like the hottest sororities or anything. But I just always like hanging around guys. They always Guys always made me feel good. And I used my humor, my sense of humor with guys. And I got to a point, though, that sometimes I felt like guys were not treating me with respect. And I was kind of like letting them like, you know, walk all over me. And I at, the, at some point or another flipped to a switch and said, I'm not I'm done with this. These and, are guys you were dating or just random yeah, guys, uh, random guys or guys that I was friends with that turned sexual or whatever. So like random hookups that you had with mostly with guys that I was really good friends with that turned into that that ended up not becoming relationships because I really didn't really I wouldn't say I had a relationship in high school, but I didn't really have a relationship in um, college until your father, in which case he blew my doors off when he, when I put an ultimatum to him to pick his girlfriend <laughs> over me and pick the girlfriend, which really well, you would have thought would have wrecked my confidence. But I ended up the, like the, that summer, like finding this hot guy that moved in next door to us. I'm like, I got that guy. And then, of course, I did get that guy. And I don't know. After that, I never really had a problem getting men. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Why are you rolling your eyes? No, I, I'm deep. I'm deep in thought because you know I'm, I'm thinking. Wow, you were in college when all this confidence just came to you. Yeah, yeah. I would think of that, and and I really never analyzed it. But yeah, I did not feel this kind of confidence for sure in high school. Hmm. Well, maybe it was that senior year boyfriend because he was in you know he was in college. He went to Northwestern, and I was in high school, so I had this. Senior, you know, I had this really, you know, prestigious relationship with a guy from Northwestern. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe that's when it started. I, I really wonder what drives people to have more confidence than others. Do you have confidence? I, I think, in some ways, it, it, so, some days I wake up, I'm like, how? I'm the fucking man. Yeah. Any any girl that I meet, I can totally seduce them if I really wanted to. But then other times I'm like, what? Who the fuck am I? What a lost soul. What a, what, you know. Well, I think guys base a lot more on, uh, besides their inner, you know, their inner integrity. I think guys base a lot on what they're doing with their careers and things like that, more so than women. I don't know. Maybe I'm just saying from my generation. Yeah, I don't know now because I know that, you know, I'm, you know, competing with women equally, you know, for. Yeah. So the the other thing, even today, today I released a blog post about all about my insecurities related to choosing this creative lifestyle and just submitting the blog and, and putting it out there required a ton of, of, of confidence because confidence. Yeah. It, it, it was so vulnerable and it, I, it, it's really, it's kind of dark in my opinion. Um, which is not something that I love to exude out into the world. I kind of 
want to always make people laugh or put them in a better mood. So it kind of makes me feel uncomfortable doing that. And again, I was kind of relying on you to say, listen, you, I mean, you, you should just stand, you made the decision, stand by it. So I, yeah, so, so sometimes, you know, I was, I was confident enough to do that, but at the same time I started, had to, like, I was very indecisive afterwards about whether that was a good choice and whether well, I, should... I think confidence, there's different types of confidence. Some of it is confidence in your sexuality and your sex appeal. Yeah, yeah. And confidence in what you're doing as a career. Because there could be guys that are like Bill Gates type that are confident in what they're doing as a career, but they may not be type yeah. confident with women. That's true, yeah. And so, I mean, it depends on what type of confidence you're referring to. I just keep thinking about like in one of the girls that you went to high school with who did not, she was not the skinniest. She was not the best looking. She had kind of like, she was a little heavier even. I'm not going to name names. You know who exactly I'm talking about. Yeah. Cause you talked about her all the fucking I know, time. But every, every kid, every boy had a crush on her, right? Yeah. And what was it? She had a fucking confidence. She, she didn't give a, a fuck. Promise ain't gas confidence. Yeah. Yep. So you have to have that confidence, and I think just being around guys sometimes makes you have that confidence. If you're if you're you know, if you're a girl listening to this, hang around guys. Yeah, hang around guys. Think about the girls that you are attracted to. They're always the guy, the girls that are just like com- they're very comfortable hanging around guys. Yeah, my favorite thing is to be around a group of guys. Like I was at a point where couples were going out to dinner all the time, and they'd be like, "All oh, the girls sit on one side, and the guys sit on another." I'm like, "I'm sitting on the guy's side." <laughs> I would much rather talk to guys and listen to what those girls are talking about. Let's go. Where'd you go and get your shoes or purses? I don't give a shit. I can do that at lunch. I want to. I want to sit with the guys. I want to talk about the guys. They're much more interesting. Okay. Well, we need to start this episode because this is kind, okay. kind of a lengthy episode. It's not all about confidence. That was just kind of a tangent we just went on. It really we we get into everything from the perp- the role of sex in a relationship to. Um, you know what? What you what makes a good first date? So I think I think you guys will enjoy both men and women. Yeah, Shogo's uh, gonna get a lot of women after him after they hear how he's gotten. He's very in touch with that feminine side. That the one that you know, like I really want to have sex and have it be like a form of commun- the deepest communication possible. I mean, what guy says that? Yeah, yeah, you that's know? exactly. It. I love that. I, I've never met a guy that ever said that to me. That you know, there's never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shogo and I get along in that, in yeah, definitely in that respect. Shogo is like, you guys are the deep spiritual sexual. You know, I'm like, let's just have a good time and uh, you know, <laughs> pull out the porn. You know, I mean, I just <laughs> why why are we discussing deep spiritual stuff when we're talking about sex? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Shogo can definitely get the the men to understand uh, the feminine side of things i think and if you want to check out more of so- shogo's work go to www.thesocialgeneration.com yeah yeah he's a he's a cool dude and uh i think you'll really enjoy this podcast thank you guys so much for listening if you haven't yet please sign up for our newsletter all you got to do is go to www.sextalkwithmymom.com yeah the, the reason we want you to sign up for the newsletter is very simple if you don't sign up for the newsletter, we can end up losing touch with you. And, and, and we don't want to do that. What we want to the, maintain again, a communication. The, the, again, the ultimatum. I'm giving an ultimatum out there. Okay? You don't want to lose us. Yeah? Or it's like... <laughs> <laughs> See, I have like, confidence that you do not someone. want to... I'm giving, you the, I'm giving you the Jewish guilt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, you know, truthfully told... And we've had a little glitch in our uh, iTunes lately that something's happened that some of the 
the software has not updated properly. And so we might, we may have lost some listeners thinking that we stopped doing the podcast, which we never did. We've been very, very regular on putting out podcasts every Thursday. So the only way to really stay in touch with us is sign up for our fan, fan newsletter so that we can have you on our email database. Yes, we, we lost about half of our listeners, unfortunately, from this glitch. So please keep sharing this. Keep telling your friends if they can't refresh their podcast app, they can just remove it, unsubscribe it, and then resubscribe and it all will come back. Yeah. So we're, we're here to stay and uh, we want to stay in touch with you guys and spread the love, baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned. Well, hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Shogo Garcia. Thank you very much. This is awesome. What a coincidence that he, he happens to be in town as I text him. Very bizarre. Unreal. It's, it's, it's kismet. It's kismet. So, Shogo, you you don't live in Los Angeles. Not anymore. You, yeah. And you don't really live anywhere right now. You're kind of a nomad. Yeah, I'm a little bit homeless in a good way. I'm not literally homeless, but um, yeah, I've been traveling around for for a bit, and I'm um, not paying any solid rent. I'm kind of renting places a month at a time. And so what are you doing traveling around? Um, I'm doing workshops here and there, uh, a couple in the States, uh, a couple in Europe. And usually, um, it keeps me on the road. It's like one a month, one every two months, but I'll usually rent a place for a month at a time and explore the city that I'm in. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so sh- sh- okay, so Shogo... Shogo is a dating coach. This is your full-time job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's Sorry, dude. It's like about 50% of my job. 50% yeah. of mm-hmm. your job. Okay. Well, he also is a very trained lawyer. That's right. Yeah, I'm a lawyer. Yeah. yeah trade. So that, that's the other 50%? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so these workshops throughout Europe, these are dating workshops, correct? That's right. Yeah. Works, I would say they're, they're workshops for men. It's, it's kind of men's work. It's the same stuff that would apply to women. It just so happens to be that we kind of recreate a container uh, the, the relationships that are built are between men, the bonds that are forged, I guess. And so what qualifies you to lead these dating workshops? Uh, There's nothing. You know what it actually is, is that no, <laughs> nobody else is doing it, ah. which, if, you know, I think if there were more of a movement or more of a, um, if there were more people involved with it, and just from my own point of view, more people that I would want to work with or learn from or that I felt I was in integrity with, then I would be totally out of the job. But I think that... Uh, there just aren't there aren't that many offerings out there. Okay, but but clearly you have some skill if people are paying. I imagine thousands of dollars. I don't know how much these workshops are mm-hmm. to to see you. Yeah, uh, well, how it's not are, it's not just how much are they? these actually the ones the the ones that I was doing recently. They're not that bad. I think they were. Um, uh, There's multiple people. It was twenty five hundred dollars, but it's it's like over a week. There's several of us there though. So awesome. yeah, and, but you, okay, you're selected. So. So you have some skill at dating. I don't know. I'm interested in it. You know, I wouldn't so say funny. I have some skill at it. This but, is uh, hilarious. I think you're pretty. After being interviewing with you last the last time I met you on the dude panel, I, I think you're pretty skilled. Oh, yeah, and, and all the advice, the all the advice that you've given me has been very, I, th- I think, wise and helpful. Oh, thank you. Thanks. So, so yeah. we give you our two thumbs up. Thank you very much. That's that that that, that does touch me a lot. For sure. And so you're also doing the social generation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So can you tell us about that? So what that is, I mean, that's the, um, 
you know, I, I, I build myself as a dating coach. So essentially what I do though, is I, I've shifted that over a couple of years ago to general social skills, I guess you could call it. Um, and because I found I was, I was speaking specifically to men. I still speak specifically to men, but I, and, you know, a good 30% now of my audiences are women. Um, who are having the same issues that I'm bringing up, but I'm speaking to I'm speaking to a guy about just the exact same thing that's going on with the girls, and it's all it's mostly mental stuff that I talk about. You know, it's not like how to do this and how to do that. It's more like it's it's a. I think if we spent more time going through a self reflective process, hmm. we can kind of you know the straightening out and figuring out how to do things in a way that we feel good about kind of comes to us naturally. It's just that we have to be reminded to always come back to ourselves. So, what would be an example of a problem that someone would come to you with? Oh man, the, the problems come all, it's all across the board, but I think the one that it comes down to mostly is when they're in the present, when you're in the presence of somebody who, um, somebody who you want to impress. So this is, you know, this kind of, all those anxieties come out when they're, when they're in the presence of somebody who's attractive to us and we want them to like us, we want them to be our girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, but it could apply to our boss or friends who we have a lot of respect for, or, you know, if we have family issues as well, any, I think any human relationship, right? But when we're in the presence of somebody like that, who we want to, I think we, we, we have a conflict internally, at least I do, of one, wanting to be very honest and very forthcoming and feel good about how, who I'm presenting, but also at the same time present the, my best side. So there's this kind of like, how do I present my best side? The side that's going to impress the person the most, but also be 100% honest with who I am. Hmm, hmm. Right? And there's a little, I think um, if we don't deal with it in the right way, um, that causes this anxiety, this kind of hesitation, Yeah, you know? So now are you talking specifically when you first meet somebody or is it just someone that in general that you've been around that you want to impress? I think it's, I think it's mostly with somebody that you don't know well is, is, is I guess how, how I would put it. I think that once we, once we know somebody better, we kind of settle into who we are a little bit more comfortably. Um, but for a lot, you know, that kind of takes time and takes trust, right? And a lot of it is, can we trust the other person? Um, can we trust ourselves with how we're presenting ourselves to the other person? Well, I always say it has a lot to do with confidence. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all about confidence to me. Mm-hmm. So I, always, I have a little trick that I recommend. And it's actually like in my little giveaway when you're on my YouTube channel. My trick is that you do like a homework session that every day, once a day, you smile at someone new, a stranger on the street. This is like a little homework thing just to get yourself like out of this introverted, insecure way to just be like smiling and happy and say hello. Mm-hmm. And you do that once a day for a week not, with not necessarily even opposite sex or anything. And then you get in the habit of being comfortable that way. So that's my first little trick. And then I go down the list of, you know, gradually becoming to the point where you can actually say hello to someone that you're attracted to and introduce yourself. That's a, I love that. That's great. Good. Yeah, you could that. steal it. Yeah, I actually do. I, I do. I do use that. I've already stolen it. Oh. <laughs> I use something very like some. Yeah, exactly. Something very very similar. Um, if I'm spending the day with somebody, if it's just over the phone and I, and I'm kind of and I'm working with somebody, I'll say spend one full day just doing or one full beginning of your day just doing this. So I have other exercises too, but the but the it starts off with spend five minutes, just walk around the street, just walk down the street. And say hello to every single person you meet. Just give your best smile. Give them your best, like, three seconds. And just give them a big, bright smile and say, hello, how are you doing today? Hello, how are you? And you may feel like an idiot saying it, you know, to every single person you pass. But it helps you get out of your head and it helps you realize that. Uh, I think the reason we don't do that is because we're holding back, at least this is for me, holding back 
not knowing how the other person's going to respond to me. I might think I'm an idiot. What kind of a person goes around and says hello to every single right, person, right? right? Um, so I'd rather just mind my own business. I'd rather just stay over here in the corner. But if we do that too much, if we retreat into that way of being too much, then we miss all these opportunities with people who actually do want to get to know. We do want to, we do want to connect with. And then, you know, what's so cool is that you really help other people because they might be having a bad day and then mm-hmm. some stranger says hi to them and all of a sudden it goes, Hey, that was really, that felt good, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that you see the response of the person and that really helps make you want to do it again. So it's a reinforcing type of behavior. Absolutely. And, you know, I, and if anybody's listening to this and it, it has not done this and wants to try it out, try it out. Um, either just spend five minutes walking down the street doing it or, or pick one new person today. Um, and you'll start to see that, I think, you'll start to see that the way people react to you, which is the thing that we're, uh, the reason why we're hesitating um, because we're trying to, we, we think we know how they're going to react. Um, but you realize that once you establish contact with somebody, you, they could react in any sort of way. A lot of times you'll find that people just don't even, it won't even register, mm. right? They won't even hear you. Some people will get startled. Like, oh my God, somebody just tried right. to like, say hi to me. What's that all about? Some people <laughs> will I pick do. up on, yeah, right. Some people will pick up on it like right away. Like, it's like, oh, hello, how are you? Mm-hmm. So people are kind of, um, you know, we're all in our own little world. We're all in our own little bubble. And I think that what you – exactly in line with what you just said, um, that uh, when we do reach out and there's somebody there who's going to receive it, you'll see that people are one. Just like you and me. People want that. People want to be received. People want to be yeah, I don't think you'll ever be shut down if you say hello to somebody. Yeah. So this relates to my life in that every time I get on stage to do a stand-up performance, I have to try to connect with, the, with each audience member as if they're my best friend. So – to be, become so comfortable with each audience member that I could be as playful as I would be with my best friend. And it, it's exactly this, it, it's the social anxiety that prevents me from doing that sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's the fear that they're not going to accept me for, like, if, if they don't laugh at my jokes, they're essentially not accepting who I am. And, like, and, and that's, it, that's a huge thing that I've had to try to work to get over, to, you know, to, to be okay if they don't find my humor funny. To be like, okay, it's not for them, but it's still getting me all excited. So I got to continue on. And so, to take that to a further step, I went, I interviewed these guys from Australia. Uh, they're called Debonair Fox. They're very funny guys. They they do like these pranks on people. So they do these. They they like walk up to people on the street and they like do obnoxious things. Like walk up to a girl and go, "Just spit on me! Just spit on me!" And they're screaming at her. To <laughs> so, you know, they do these crazy stunts. That's their that's their thing. And they said it's really helped them in social situations. Like they'll be at a bar and they'll just like run up and smash their head against the wall. You know, and I'm like, they said, well, they, they were interviewing me about older women and what would appeal to us. And I said, I don't know that necessarily older women are going to go for it. Like some guy that walks up and smashes a beer can on his forehead, you know. But the fact of the matter is that they said it's definitely helped them and overcome any, any anxiety they had about walking up and saying hello to a girl. Hmm. Because – Listen, they're they're like doing these crazy ass stunts all the time. So right. you know, it's a it's a byproduct. Yeah, totally. It's, I was going to ask you in line with that uh, because this. Similarly, I'm also on YouTube. So similarly, uh, the people that I've met who do these social pranks are they're doing it to get over their own social anxiety as like their own is to push their own comfort zone. Mm. Yes. Really. So uh, I was wondering. This is I actually asked this before we started. We had to talk quickly, and I about your stand up. And I thought that that was like the most, like to me, that's the most terrifying thing I could possibly do is like to try to be funny in front of, in front of a room full of people. <laughs> yeah. Like the fear that they won't laugh at my jokes, right? Yeah. It's like, or that you'll get such stage fright that you won't even say anything. That's my, I'd be like, uh, 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 I can't talk. 
<laughs> right. So it seems so like, you know, masochistic, I think was the word yeah. that I used, right? Is, so I'm, I'm curious as to what, what got you in, like, what was the, uh, what's your, where are you coming from? Like, what's your motivation in wanting to do it? Yeah. So it, part of the reason is because I, I, I mean, I love making people laugh. And when the, when I experience, when I'm on stage, there's nothing that feels better than connecting with a room full of people all at once. It's it's like it's almost like a spiritual experience for me to hear to say something and to hear people like respond it, it with exact in in like a rhythm. It, it's mm. an unbelievable feeling. Mm. Um, and also, it's also like a, a very um, it requires a ton of self exploration. Like in order to figure out what is funny about me, I really need to understand. What are my quirks? What, what, what do I truly believe? What are the problems that I? And oftentimes, I take it from what people make fun of me for, mm. and then and fold it into and like embrace that. Like this kind of this podcast, most people would make fun of me for having a mom that I I confide in completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm literally like going to say, not only am I confiding in her completely, I'm doing it for the whole fucking public to see right now. <laughs> right, 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 right. So there's there's something similar to those prank guys. There's something about pushing my comfort zone and in pushing myself to get real uncomfortable that that gives me a rush Mm. that was such a good question though really (laughs) (laughs) she does this she'll like she'll compliment us if we come up with good questions for one another well thank you for sanctioning your conversation (laughs) (laughs) so i wanted to talk to you because i'm i'm sure a lot of people are wondering right now is he just a pickup artist is it like is is because there's a huge negative association with pickup artists and that whole like subculture. Right. And the person that you mentioned reminds me a little bit of a pickup artist, David Wynett. Oh, that, That's some of the stuff that I've seen yeah, on YouTube and stuff. I mean, it, he's probably not. And so I don't want to say anything bad about him or negative, but there was just a few of the things just felt a little gamey to me. And so, so for those who don't know what a pickup artist is, it's this whole subculture that kind of started, it became extremely popular with the, the, the book, The Game. Mm-hmm. Which took place around here, I think. Like right, oh, really? Right here. In, in, are we in Hollywood? We're near it, yeah. Near, yeah. I think it was right around here. Yeah. yeah. So it, it basically... It took it's, place in Cam's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Bible to help men, especially those experiencing social anxiety, to pick up women. And, and a lot of what they do is try to elevate the guy's status and lower the woman's status so that the the woman feels like the guy is someone they should try to be with, to raise their own status. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think that sounds... Very, very uh, uncougaresque. Very uncougaresque, uh, <laughs> right. There's a lot of, la- like, it, it lacks confidence on the women's end to be attracted to a guy who's, who's like, nagging them, as they say. Um, and it's also, it, it, it lacks confidence on the guy's end that not being themselves mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Is, is enough to attract a woman, that they, they actually have to kind of, like, disrespect them in some way. Yeah, you know, you're... I, 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 I think your analysis of it's spot on. And I think that, you know, with the pickup artist, in, I guess you can call it industry or movement or, and, and I think it's, I don't know how popular it is. I know a few years ago it was like, well, very, very popular. It's probably still is. Um, but I don't think it's quite as much as it was when the, when the book, the game came out. I think what it did was it really, it took a part of, um, I guess you, if you look at the spirit of what your relationships are like, right, your encounters or dates or, one night stands or whatever you want to have um, with the opposite sex are it, it takes kind of, it took one part of it, uh, the, the kind of power play, this kind of power dynamic. And it tried to t- 
tinker with that um, in order to, I don't know what exactly they're doing, to, to, to give you a step ahead or to... Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the ultimate motivation was. That's kind of very unclear why people go into it in the first place. But it's something, it was certainly around before, it wasn't an invention. It, 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 I think it's been around as long as humans have been around. This kind of... Um, macho. Exactly, like a macho, macho. thing, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly, putting somebody, putting, if you're a man, putting a woman because of your own insecurities, right? Or um, kind of emotional manipulation, right? Or doing whatever you can in order to try to get laid. Um, that's, I even know a guy who wrote a book called how to, how to have sex with two women a day, <laughs> two women a day. That's yeah. funny. Cause it would then, it, I, I always ask myself, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And, that, and his whole thing, it, it, when all was said and done, I'm, I'm probably like breathing in a lot, but his whole thing was that you get to a point where you can have sex with two women a day and you just don't choose to. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a whole <laughs> attitude thing. I see. Yeah, you know, it's um, I, I, I'm always curious as to what the motivation is behind that. Why do you even want? Why do you want to have sex with two women a day? Um, and I think that's the real question, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so in, in regards to the pickup artists mm-hmm. uh, uh, branding, um, am I a pickup artist? I would say decidedly not. But um, that you're not a pickup artist. Yeah, but it doesn't really matter. I don't think because I think that even in that realm. Um, there's still an important conversation that's going on that needs to be addressed, and 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 that is how to be a better person, um, or how to be a person that you can be proud of. Uh, and I think for for me, that's 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 really what I that's really what I'm interested in. In so that I think can take place within a pickup artist uh, convention, or it can take place outside of one. It can take place in a conversation with between you and me over a coffee. So that's why the social generation is more in line with. What you're well, obviously, it's more like it, it <laughs> it's what I'm doing, yeah. 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 It is because his philosophy, right? It, it, it is really about becoming your best self and getting over anything that's preventing you from doing that, correct? I, yeah, yeah. I mean, becoming your best self is it, is it's its own thing. It's definitely um, becoming moving in a direction, I think, that um, uh, that you can reflect on and, and enjoy and, and, and be proud of, and um, living a life that you enjoy, having relationships that you can enjoy. Uh, that you, my big thing always, and I, for some reason, ever since I was a little kid, I've always thought that like, you know, one day I'm going to, I'm going to die and, uh, I'm going to be sitting on my deathbed. And, um, when that happens, I really would like to be able to look back and reflect and have lived a life and done things and known people and had experiences that I, where I can say that I can truly at this point rest in peace. Um, so in a way, I got chills. That was a beautiful thing. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, 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 and everyone you know, should aspire to that to, so that it, the, you know a, a eulogy is not just bullshit it's a really you know something that you know you look back on and well you're not there to look back on it but a eulogy should be something that people uh you know that really believe that they you know did the best that they could for, you know make a difference on this planet mm-hmm. yeah and that's you know i really love what you guys i mean both what both of you are doing individually and together is so inspiring because it's kind of like uh it's so easy to to you know, march to the bell of or you know, to whatever it is to like right, march to the beat of a different drummer. Yeah, it's so <laughs> easy not. to do the opposite. Yeah, to not do that to kind of just get in line and do your thing and then complain about where the situation that you're in. Right. Um, and it's not so easy to do to do the other thing to listen to yourself and listen to what it is that you really want and take steps to start doing that. Yeah. Well, it is. It's hard, but once you start doing it, you feel liberated that you don't really have to worry about what people think. And that's that question. You know, it's interesting because when you're in a place of 
wanting to get out of the situation that you're in and wanting to get out of this kind of pattern that you're in, whether it's a whether it's the way that you relate to other people or if it's an, if it's an economic thing where you, you want to get out of your job or whatever, or you want to change your relationship with your parents, um, it when you're not doing it and you're looking on the outside, the questions that arise of like, well, what if I fail? What if it doesn't work out? What if this and what if that? What if that? Once you start doing it, you realize that all those questions were, they're, they're no longer relevant because the questions that you start asking yourself are on a whole other level, right? They're much, much more important. So, so how, how, let me ask you something then. Do your family, do, have you had any people in your life that have not approved of what you're doing right now? Uh, well, you know, it's interesting. I think that um, I have an interesting relationship about it with my mother, for sure. She, def- she certainly approves of what I'm doing. I mean, she approves of me as a person. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that whatever I do, she's always going to approve of that and support mm-hmm. me in that. It's great. Which is amazing. Um, yeah. Does she have her own opinions of what she thinks I should be doing? Yeah, absolutely. She wants you uh, doing the law thing. Yeah, time that's and... right. But then I'm sure she's also has her opinions of what kind of a girl I should be dating and all that stuff too. Right? So <laughs> she tries to, you know, she 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 doesn't say it outright, but I can, you know, pick up on it. But but I think in general, no. I I, I think that if you go onto my website and see my videos, I don't think there's very much. In my opinion, there's really there's certainly stuff that you can disagree with, but I don't think there's anything on there that I, that I don't think my parents or anybody that I know would say, this is not, you shouldn't be doing this. Hmm. And so how does sex fit into all this? Since this is sex talk with my mom. <laughs> you tell how, me. I'm the... I mean, what, what, do you, how do you advise people? Um, if they come to you with difficulties in their sex life, with the sex questions. Yeah. So if, if somebody comes to me with, and I do get this a lot, like what you'd said currently about, um, I want to have sex with two, it's not two girls a day, but, you know, I think I get much more normal guys than that. Not that that's abnormal to want to have sex with two girls a day, but um, I want to have sex, my sex life isn't good enough, I'm 29 and I'm not experienced enough, I need to have sex with 30 women and then I'll, and then I'll feel comfortable. Hmm. They want a lot of notches in the bedpost. Right, exactly. And then once they have that, then they're going to feel confident enough to uh, then be the, be their best selves and go on a date with the girl that they really want, right? But for all, but first I gotta you know I gotta rack up all these all these numbers. So if somebody comes to me with that, um, that's really that question. If they want to deal with that, is really um, it's not so important to me. So if they want to do that, fine. But more important to me is how are you treating each encounter that you are uh, that you're engaging with, right? So let's say you do you you are on your your journey of wanting to sleep with 30 women. Let's just focus on one for now <laughs> and save the other. Okay. Tw- right. Save the rest for later. Um, consider where you're at with this one girl. Who is she? Or this one guy? Who is he? Um, what do you want to know about him? What do you want to know about her? What do you want to explore in this? What do you want to do right now in this conversation that you're having with her? What do you want to, what do you want to tell her about yourself? What kind of experience do you want to create for yourself right now, just in this one experience? Um, and I think if you go into that question, um, the experience that you have on that day or on that date, because it's not necessarily going to be a day, it could be much longer than that. It's a whole, your connection with one human being, can, it isn't conf- it's not really a time-constrictive thing, right? Um, I think that the just the mystery that kind of starts to unfold uh, with another person is brings you much more, should I say, there's much more curiosity and I think a lot much more joy that comes out of that than uh, trying to, you know, sitting in your room and counting up how many ways you can uh, rack up, you know, put the notches on your bedpost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why guys especially have to have a certain number well, in order to feel 
experience. Well, I get it. I, I'd like to weigh in. You do? Yes. Sometimes I feel this, um, it's an anxiety that, it, it, it's a fear that in the future I'll be married and I'll look back and I'll think, oh God, I, I did not take advantage of my youth. I had such a supple body. I had so much potential <laughs> and I didn't go and have sex with all these women that I could have had sex with. If, if I have, you know, okay. So, so that's, that is the concern. Obviously that's not what's driving me. Cause clearly like I'm, it, it, it's just a fear. occurring <laughs> in your life. <laughs> I'm curious to hear about you. Well, we can talk later. I'm curious to hear about your, your situation. Cause the last time we talked was, was great. I mean, I thought it was, uh, uh, I think it's been an interesting conversation about what's going on with you. But anyway, continue your thought. Yeah. So, well, so I am in a place where, so, so I think a lot of that is driven by, okay, this is what society tells me. It tells me that I'm, I'm a young guy. I shouldn't even say society. There we go. I, know. I should tell, tell my, my mother tells me <laughs> I'm a young guy. I should take advantage of my youth and, and, I, and, and get out there and have sex. And there's a part of me that really does believe that, that you want to, you want to look back and say, wow, you know, I had some fun too. You know, I had some fun. I mean, I'm not saying you should, you know, go out and just have a bunch of one night stands, but just certainly have some fun. Yeah. So they so, don't have to be like the love of your life to have sex with them. And for me, it's it's really not that fun to have sex with someone uh, who I don't really care that much about. And maybe that's because my sex lasts anywhere from uh, 15 <laughs> seconds to a minute. <laughs> And so to a minute, that's your, that's your highest. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, we've talked about this extensively. I've gotten it under control a little well, bit. To, it's like two and a half. Premature ejaculation issues again. It lasts through a full song. <laughs> so, so maybe it's because I'm not. My sex is not that great right now. And and after my, if I have sex lessons, Nina Harley, maybe I'll become much much better at sex. I'll last There's a no time. question about that. You did that, and, and it will become much more. Something. And then every weekend or every weeknight, I'm going to be like, okay, who can I have sex with tonight? And then go out and do that. That's a possibility. I don't think that's really who I am. I'm curious, now that you say that, about not about the sex, is to what um, – and this was actually prompted by – we got a question here on the Facebook. <laughs> on the Facebook? What else? I'm like a grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, Grandpa Jogo. Facebook, that fandangle Facebook thing. <laughs> Um, about I, the person said porn or no porn, which I think means um, should you watch porn while you're masturbating, or should you not watch porn, or, or maybe having sex? I don't know. I'm assuming he means masturbating. Um, maybe we should hold off on that. But I, but I'm but I think that that I does like get right in there. I'll dive right in that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is, what is, what what are your your views on porn? Uh, you know, I I think the again, like I I probably do this a lot. That I think the that's not the relevant question to ask. It's more, I mean, my views on porn are, it's fine, but if you are, if you're deriving pleasure from the watching the porn, then, and you're doing that repeatedly, and that's all you're deriving pleasure from, then you're, you're, you're going to start to develop an issue. Yeah. yeah um, I agree with that. You definitely get, become addicted and, and, and it's at the expense of uh, having relationships. Yeah. Because it's, and, you're not yeah. going to know how to, how to do it once, once there's another person there, right? Um, well, it's it's almost like a lazy thing. Is there was a guy that I was seeing for a while who was totally into porn. I mean, like five times a day was masturbating to porn. He just oh wow, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah, and some very very did he very work? very. <laughs> what did you say? Did he like? Did he have a job? <laughs> he worked at home. Ah. Oh. 
So he was able to do that. As a matter of fact, when he got a job working in a, in a corporate environment, he was a, a, the first thing that came through his mind is like, uh-oh, oh, I'm wow. have to give up my porn. I'm going to have to give up. Yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, you're an addict. Well, whatever. But I remember, like, had this opportunity to get a hotel room and everything. And I'm calling up, like, I got a hotel room, you know, kind of come down. And and he came up with, like, well, I don't know. I may be going out of town tomorrow. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You're giving up sex with me to to stay home and watch porn and get up early in the morning and go out? And, like, Mm -hmm. are you kidding? So he ends up coming over and had a great time. And then he says, I'm really glad I didn't. Stay home and watch. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and it, to think that it was just more convenient and it was easier and it was a lot less, you know, effort that was put in at the expense of being with a real live person. It's kind of it's interesting to me that I guess that it, that's how the addiction can start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have no problem with porn itself, right? I think it's. I mean, and I have no problem with people who want to watch porn and masturbate to porn five times a day. But if you're looking for more, if you're what you're looking for is to increase your pleasure with your partner, I think there can definitely be a detrimental effect there. And I'm speaking from personal experience here as well. So, how do you think your professional, this professional life affects your personal life? So, all of this dating, this, oh, yeah. this coaching. God, totally. I think um, it's kind of changed over the years, right? I think it went from, I've been doing this for about four years now, it went from being something very aspirational. So I talk about it all the time and like what my thoughts were and my ideas and what I want to do. And I think that's really what drove me. And that drove a lot of my relationships also. Hmm. Like the vision that I had was very aspirational. still is. Um, uh, but that's changed a bit. It's kind of settled into – I've kind of settled into something a little bit more. It's still changing all the time. I think this year is completely different than what I was – well, it's shifted a lot from what I was talking about last year. Or the things that are, that are, that are exciting to me and that are important to me change every year. Um, now I would say that it's, uh, I put a lot of pressure on myself for sure to, and it's not because of my role or my label as a dating coach or a life coach or whatever you want to, social anxiety guru, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. I do not call myself any of those. (laughs) I don't call myself any of those things, by the way. Um, but I definitely put pressure on myself to be like, okay, well now you put yourself into this role. Yeah. Now you better live up to it mm-hmm. the same way that you're professing uh, in, you know. In yeah, all you got to your... practice what you preach. Exactly. Yeah. And and, it, and a lot of these things are very, very difficult, right? Um, questions of honesty are very difficult for me. And it, and it's honesty with myself, right? It's not just being uh, honest with the person I'm talking to. It's, okay, am I really being truthful to myself here? Hmm. Or am I making up excuses for myself? You know, this thing that I'm really trying to avoid having this uh, conversation with my girl Oh God! Do I really have to do this now? Right? Mm-hmm. All those questions are have become much more um, uh, important to me. Or I guess they become they're like right in my face, mm. which is a good thing because it's kind of I'm holding myself accountable for it. Right? You're constantly reminded yeah. through your work. Yeah, of, right. That's very interesting. Yeah. And in moments, and you know, in moments when I'm dishonest, or moments when I when I do something that feels out of integrity with who I am, or out of integrity with who I would like to be, or what I talk about, um, which happens. For sure, um, it really sticks out. Wow. Um, yeah. So, are you currently seeing anyone? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I wouldn't. I don't have a girlfriend. Okay. Say, but yeah, yeah. But you're seeing someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Com- yeah. It's complicated. One of those things. Yeah. <laughs> but was the are reason you seeing more than one? Um, not really. I not like. Mm. I'm not doing a one from one day to the next or one week to the next kind of a thing. So, to get into that relationship of. Of what, what, however you would define it, would you say that your 
um, theories and techniques uh, played a big factor? Oh, I don't really have any techniques, right? So um, my theories. Um, the I'm trying to think of like what, like what kind of a fa- yeah. I mean, I, I think in terms of look, be present with the person that you're talking to. Remember what's important. What's important to what's in front of you right now. Um, consider who you are. Consider who you want to be. Consider how what kind of experience you want to create for this person that you're with. Mm-hmm. I think that for sure has mm-hmm. has created a very big impact on my on yeah. I would say that. Um, yeah. Could we get into this a bit more? So you said you don't have any techniques because that would be more of like a pickup artist or something. But just not yeah, just not the important question to me. I think if somebody wants to have techniques, that's fine. But um, I just don't. I don't have any personally, and. Um, you're just who you are, and you just be yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and who? Right. Exactly. And the question of who am I, mm-hmm. and who do I want to be, to me, is much more important than what kind of techniques can I use to, in order to get there. So. And I think you've had those. I mean, when I met you, we, we didn't. We couldn't figure out what year it was, but you had those philosophies then, because I remember talking to you about them, even about like taking a girl on a date. How you said, don't take her to some place you've never been to impress her. Take her to some place that that people know you and you're comfortable there and right, right, right. and it feels like you know real to you in that way she can see the real you and as opposed to see someone who's not that guy right yeah yeah you know, a lot of these guys have no money they'll take some girl to a real expensive restaurant just to you know impress her and right. meanwhile that's not who he is and then she's getting the wrong impression and vice versa yeah because that you know that question of of um you got to ask yourself, why are you taking the per- this person that's nice restaurant? Right. Why are you spending all the money? Because once you start going down that path... Oh, you're stuck. You're stuck. It never ends. Because <laughs> then you wonder, okay, well, what do I, what do I have to order mm-hmm. to do the right thing? What's, you know, is the color of my shirt the right shirt? Did I get the right advice about the way that my pants fit? Um, is the price on the entree that I'm ordering the right thing? Is my car clean enough? Right. You know, am I, is my pubic hair groomed enough? All these questions. And it never yeah, ends. Yeah. Well, uh, some, one of our listeners asks... Question for your dating coach. I love dinner dates, but they can get real expensive real quick. How and when do you start the conversation about splitting some meals? Feels like mm-hmm. that's so taboo, but I'm also not trying to be broke by the time I am ready to propose. Asking for a friend. <laughs> Ask. I love that. I'm asking for a friend. Right, right. It's right. Me. Yeah. It's definitely yeah, him. That's not him, right? Yeah. Come on. I mean, I'm going to just come out and say, yeah. male chauvinistic or not, this statement is, you ask the person out, you pay for the date. Okay, the first one. After that, you can split. I don't know about you guys. I agree. I, I would agree with that for sure. I think, you know, the, the question like that, you got you have to find where you're... Just, just like, set the set whatever the bar is for yourself. Because that's a simple question that can be answered right away. It's just, who... What kind of a guy do you want to be when you take a girl on a date? What's important to you? And I definitely, just like you, err on the side of, like, look, if I'm asking her out... I'm assuming the responsibility of taking care of her, and I'm I'm assuming the responsibility of doing my thing mm-hmm. because that's how that's what makes me happy. That's what I want to do. So yeah, I did. I, that, so for me, that because of that, it's not even really a question of who pays. Of course, I pay because I asked her out. Mm-hmm. Now, if she and asked, I think it's cool that uh, for from a, if it was me, I'd be like, how cool is it that this guy's actually planned the date too? Which is also something that you know was really nice to hear that some guy planned where he's going to take her and. And it makes you feel good and special. Which is much more important. So exactly. So the real question there is why, why, why do you have to – if you don't have the money to do it, why are you going on a date where you can't afford to pay for the full date? Mm-hmm. 
So go on, you know, there are plenty of dates. The best experiences you have aren't paid for. And probably not even while you're doing anything that costs any money. So go on a date that doesn't cost any money and then go on a date that does cost money. And there you go. Or even a cup of coffee. What's wrong with that? I mean, how much could that cost you at Starbucks? Right. It it could get expensive, I guess, if it's a mocha latte or whatever. (laughs) Hopefully he can can afford a cup of coffee. But, but I mean, anything. Like take your favorite spot in the park. Who knows, right? Go shopping or go just go walk around. I don't know. You can do anything, right? But if you are wondering, okay, well, I can't spend $50 every time I go out, then instead of going on two $50 dates, go on one free date and one $50 date. And instead mm. of having her split both of the dates with you, you paid for both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I that brought up a question for me, which is, when I go out with a girl, I by default am looking for the lamel. You know, the lamel, no. the <laughs> love of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so how do I? I, I recognize that's a that's created that raises the bar dramatically. Yeah, it's and, my tie into the masturbation. You thing. think? This oh interesting I mean, yeah go ahead <laughs> yeah so so what do you recommend for people what what should they look for when first going on a date I don't know I don't what? know what kind of question is I don't know I don't know you know um, go ahead though continue no are you why trying is that to such ask, a crazy are question you trying, are you trying to ask like okay so if you ask this person out and they're not like if you know right away they're not going to be they want you bother going out with them is that what you're asking that's or? one question but the question I was getting at was like. That. What what should you look for when dating? Do you, do you, I mean, and that probably varies by person. But what do you look for? Do you do you look to meet someone cool, someone someone that you can learn from? The the lamel. What, what yeah, are you looking so for? So easy. Okay. So here's what I see. What you're saying now. So the perspective that I take is is different than that. So I think by 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 going into any date by saying, okay, is this is going to be the love of my life. It's similar to hanging. Similar to you and I hanging out. And saying, "Guys, this guy gave me my best friend," <laughs> right? Uh, I don't, you know, we don't ask that. You just hang right, out, right? Right. And if you don't, if we don't like each other, if we're not vibing, at the end of that day, at the end of our time we spend together, so oh, maybe we won't hang out so much anymore. But if we do like each other, then hey, why not do it again? Mm. So, um, the, I think for me, the question is, um, how, how how do I feel? How does how how do I was I, one? I mean, I, there's kind of two things there. One, how, how did she make me feel? She didn't even say that, but how did I feel in this experience that we had together? Mm-hmm. And if that's something that I want to do again, geez, go, go for it. Mm-hmm. Because right now, man, I mean, I don't know either. I'm 33 years old. I have no idea what the, you know, what my future long-term partner is going to be like. I've been in plenty of long-term relationships. I've been in a lot of short relationships and, um, some of those happened right away. Some of those took some time to unfold. Um, but I think the one thing that's most important is looking back at it now and being like, well, geez, what amazing times I spent, right? Mm. What like a beautiful experience I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that, um, and I don't know, for me, if my life is filled with that, and whether it's with one person or many, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, but if my life is filled with that, then I've, that's all I can really ask mm. of myself, you know? That is awesome. It, awesome it, advice. Very why, good advice. Why do you, sorry. Let me, let me add on to that. <laughs> if I may. So the the thing that he's saying, though, is that he can hang out with some girl and maybe know right from the first date that she may, he may not ask her to marry him. But he's still going to continue that relationship because he's enjoying the company. Right. There's a lot, right, exactly. a lot of emphasis on the presence. And, and you, right. And a lot of things happen, right? Life, uh, take, you, know, you know this. I mean, why are you here right now? Well, if you were to 10 years ago trace back and say, uh, I'm going to do exactly this and this and this and this. There's no way you'd be able to do it. There's no way you'd be able to have predicted all of the 
opportunities that have arisen mm -hmm. and the ones you've taken and the ones that maybe you haven't taken. Uh, and I think the same goes for, for, for the woman that's in our life, right? Or for any women or any men that are in our life it is like, you don't know what's going to happen. So just like Karen uh, said, um, when, even if, if I know, okay, this is not going to be my future wife here or somebody that I want to have kids with, but I really enjoy spending time with her and I really enjoy hanging out with her. Well, I'm going to keep doing it because what happened for me, looking back, what has happened is that some of these relationships have really changed the way that I see myself, changed the way that I behave, um, have, have added to what I'm, the kind of woman who does make me happy. Now, somebody might not be a perfect 100% match right now, but there are things about her, maybe her sense of humor, maybe the way that, who knows, uh, I don't know, the way that we hang out together that it's like, okay, I really want this in somebody else. And, and, and those characteristics that kind of really like hit a bell inside of me, hmm. that will show up again and again and again and again in, in, in different women down the road. Hmm. That's awesome. So a cumulative effect. Yeah, right. But you know, the thing is that relationships also change the two people involved over yeah. time. Yeah. The longer you're in a relationship, the more you either grow together or grow apart and grow individually. So you don't really know that from the get-go. Hmm. I'm just talking about my own relationship because it started out in one place and it's completely different now. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I've seen like, you know, growth and then problems and overcoming them and things like that. So you just don't know. Yeah. And you don't know where you're going to find her either. So it's like, you know, maybe you start dating somebody, not the perfect girl, but she gets you into yoga or something. You start doing or whatever, some new, some new thing that you wouldn't have tried without her. Mm -hmm. You guys break up or you're still doing yoga. And now you've met another girl who's even better than the one that, that you were with who brought you into that place that you are now. Mm -hmm. or, she, or the one that you were going out with that didn't work out fixes you up with her friend. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me feel like I should just be going out with any girl that <laughs> any girl you like. Yeah, that's a t so. <laughs> the, the one that walked down the block. Go ask her out, Cam. <laughs> which is which is which is interesting, actually, because I think that that is actually a. I think it's important to make that distinction because I think it's very easy to fall into the into the pickup artist thing, where it's like I need to go out, go out, and just like ask out every single girl there, so my week is planned. You know, with different girls that I'm with different girls every day of the week. Well, hold on a second. Do you why? Like, do you even like these girls? I don't know. I'm gonna go out with them. Mm. You know, <laughs> or like, I need to have sex with two girls a day. Well, do you? Is this like good sex? Do you want to have sex with these girls? I don't know. It's uh, having sex with two girls a day, mm -hmm. right? It's like okay, you're kind of missing the whole like the whole point, which is what you said right in the beginning, right? Um, th that uh, th there is a fine line there between should I just go out with anybody? Right. Right. You know exactly. No. And so. I, I have one more question and then all of the listeners' questions. Uh, and, Mom, feel free to jump in if you've got additional ones. Uh, what What do you think makes good sex? That was one of my questions, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe what is the purpose of sex in a relationship? Oh, man. that's a, I would love to hear what, you, what both of your responses are to that. I don't know if you talk about that on every show. Um, we don't. You don't? Yeah, I'd love to hear yours. But um, I think two very different questions. What makes for good sex? Um, it's kind of, I mean, I think that sex is very, well, it's an expression, right? So, uh, and to me, it's just a deeper expression of what, uh, of any, any kind of communication that you're having. So uh, you and I are going to have a, if we don't know each other, we're going to communicate on a maybe superficial level. I don't know. It depends on how you deep you want to go right away and how deep I want to go right away. If we know each other a little bit better, um, we kind of, 
will go deeper than that, right? Um, so, and then you add other layers onto that. So let's say, if, I mean, if you see a woman from afar, you say, wow, she looks hot, right? If you see a picture of a girl from afar, you say, wow, she looks hot, but then you see her in person, it changes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's not as good looking as you thought she was going to be from the picture. Maybe she's better looking from the picture, but somehow it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, then maybe you start com- uh, having a com- conversation with her after seeing her. Um, and you relate with her on that level. Now things have, j- have changed even more. They've deepened a little bit more. Mm. Um, it's still the same person. And we've just added more, we've just added more of a depth and a richness to this, to, to, to our relationship with her. Right. And you keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, at some point, sex comes into play and sex is the same thing, right? Mm. Uh, it turns in it and it's this dance between the sexes or maybe, uh, between two people, of the same sex, but it's, it's, I guess the way that I see it is it's, it's a, it's a dance in a sense, right? Mm. But it's just like any other form of interaction. Um, it just adds this very gratifying physical element to it. So that makes it seem like uh, one night stands are, it would be like as if, if the first conversation we had was getting into every, every spiritual belief or, or <laughs> philosophical <laughs> belief we stood by. That's my, that is exactly my perspective on one night stands. They're not bad. Go ahead and have one night stands if you want. Um, for me personally, uh, I've, I've had plenty. I don't really, uh, doesn't really happen now, maybe once in a while, but it's not definitely not what I'm looking for. Um, because it doesn't really bring very much to me now. Uh, I mean, it's fine. It's great. It's fun. Right. But, um, but yeah, what's important to me when you talk about what makes for good sex for me, it's very, it would be very hard to come by unless you're very sexually compatible in a one night stand. Hmm. And then, mom? Oh, well, personally, anytime I've been in a one-night stand situation, it sucked. Oh. <laughs> I just don't like them. I don't like them because I feel like for a woman, it takes a lot for me to orgasm. It takes, you know, it's not like a man's going to, he's gonna, he's probably going to come no matter what. I don't know. I may be overstepping, but at least the guys I've been with, that just, they don't, that doesn't seem to be a problem for them. <laughs> Tim and orgasm, it takes a lot of trust and it takes, you know, a communication that has to go on and getting to know each other really, that's a very important step. I mean, it could happen, but I don't think it ever has happened. So I'm not into one night stands and I'm also not into like even having like a fuck buddy because usually that would either turn into a relationship that works or there's no point in it nine times out of ten i'm bored with the person hmm. so i can't have sex with someone i'm bored with hmm. and the person you know has to be interesting and fun and so in order to have that kind of relationship there has to be some other dividing line like for me it was like if a guy's younger and there's never going to be a chance i mean i'm talking about considerably younger there's never going to be a chance that this is going to turn into a, a, a mutual relationship but i could be that i could have fun with that person um, because it was easy at the time and I wasn't looking for a relationship. So I guess a lot of good sex has to do with how, um, where you are in your life in terms of wanting a relationship and, uh, one night stands is not going to ever going to, that's never going to work for me. Not that I don't enjoy other aspects of sex, like, um, the kissing part or whatever, that would be more fun to do with a stranger that part mm. could be done. Hmm. But the actual act of intercourse and the coming and all that kind of stuff, I cannot, that, that's not going to work. Hmm. Interesting. And then, and that, that's, what do you say, Cam? Uh, what makes good sex? 
I am uh, still searching. I don't think I have. Uh, I I could I could imagine it's when I mean I imagine good sex to be when you really connect with someone to such a point that you like lose yourself. You lose. You're completely present with them. And in order for to, for that to happen, I think there needs to be uh, an extreme level of comfort and um, trust. But even so, in a relationship, over time, sex can get very routine. And there's books written called mating. Uh, there's a book called Mating Captivity that would mm. contend that you have to have a certain amount of friction for sex to be really good. Mm. So uh, there's all kinds of elements to sex that over time need to be adjusted. And they're not always about this big, deep spiritual thing. They could be involving all kinds of other activities that bring new excitement into relationships. So there's, there's, there's that element too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did we want to get Great. into what is the purpose of sex or? Yeah. Let's do that really quick one. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that was an interesting question. I thought, um, some, some kid asked you that. I, I said, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. I, I mean, sex certainly, uh, predates human beings. So, um, whatever the purposes of sex, the actual purposes of sex, right. The scientific purposes of mm-hmm. sex, it's something that, um, is not unique to humans. Um, outside of that, uh, I think we can make it whatever we want it to be, but I think purpose, purpose, um, I don't know. That's a very good question. I don't know. You stumped him. Yeah. So, so are you able to separate sex and love? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I'm able to separate sex and feelings. Definitely mm. not. Um, mm. And it kind of scares me that when people, it doesn't scare me, but it, it, it stumps me when people are, I guess I could technically, but um, I, well, porn stars do. Yeah. Right. Okay. Should we, do you have other questions, mom, or should we dive into these listener questions? Hmm. Well, I guess I was looking for best tips, tips for college guys that are trying to get involved in relationships. Do you have any suggestions? Yeah, that's, I mean, college, college was a tough time. College was definitely like a very, it was a journey for me from like feeling like I had no clue whatsoever, uh, with, uh, what girls want, who I am, who I need to try to be, um, what actually actually pleasurable to me, what I'm even looking for. In a lot of ways, I still feel like when it comes to the deeper questions in relationships, I still don't know what I'm looking for. Um, for college, you know, if I can look back, I'm, I'm happy to say I wouldn't want, I wouldn't really change anything about this, about, uh, the experience that I've had, but I can say that looking at it, um, man, just let loose a little bit more, you know, just like, there you go. Here's my guy. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I think I really, you know, I walk through it thinking, God, I gotta find it. You know, every situation has got to be right. And I've got to look the right way. I've got to say the right thing. And when I go into a party, I have to behave the right way. Um, and then, and it always took a lot of alcohol to, to make those th- thoughts go away. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is okay. Yeah. I, I, I advocate experimenting with anything. I don't advocate abusing anything. I advocate experimenting with any substance that you want to, or even non, or, you know, or even no substances, or even just experimenting with techniques that you read somewhere. Try it all out, you know, try it, try it anything that you want. Um, and, the, and the things that feel good to you, Stick with those. The things that you you know you try out and and they don't really feel good. If you are trying out something, whether it's drugs or if it's a technique that you read up in some pickup book or if it's a, another podcast or something, and you are doing it out of an obligation, not because it feels good to keep doing it to you, um, then then I really recommend you drop it. Um, but if mm. it, but if it feels right, 
There's probably a reason why. There's hmm. something a little pulling Except here. for heroin. Please don't try heroin. <laughs> <laughs> um, but tips for call. Yeah, I mean, it. but that's so hard, though, too, right? To just tell somebody to let to just let loose, uh, yeah. you know? So I mean, that's what you would have told your 18, 19-year-old self. I would have told my 18, 19-year-old self to keep going because it's a beautiful ride. You know, it really, really is. And keep your eyes oh. open. I got some shivers again. <laughs> What is the number one thing that separates a good date from a bad date? For me? Um, oh, so I, I'll take that one in terms of like what makes a good date, what girl, what, what experiences that I've had, not how to show up as a better date, but what's made a good date for me, mm-hmm. which is, I think is something that we really need to do more in this world of like asking about dating advice is that not just like, how can I make this better, but what's happened in my life that's, or what experiences have I had that have made it better for me? Hmm. My date. What has my date done that have, that's made my experience better? So a lot of it. So for me, it's um, I think when a a woman who's genuinely curious about me, um, and I guess asks the kind of things that I, that is curious about the kind of things that people don't normally ask, right? Like, um, and I guess those tend towards kind of the more emotional, sentimental things, right? So not just like what do you do, but What's my dis- like? What's my feeling about what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Or if she's telling me about herself and then asks me about, um, and she really wants to know about how she's impacting me, right? Or how her presence is impacting me. Yeah, I can't tell you what a horrible thing it is to go on a date with a guy who does not ask you one question about yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which I still, which is a, which is I think a recurring problem, right? But I think those that guys like that are probably not guys who are going around looking for dating advice. Maybe they are, but. Seems to me like that's the kind of a guy who would um, maybe a pickup type guy, but maybe it, it seems to me like that's the kind of a guy who would uh, already think he knows what he's doing. Um, but that's something that 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 really touches me is when I'm out with somebody. She doesn't know me, but um, she's taking the care to be very be be very interested in me mm. and be very curious and really care about what my experiences. And and then what what do you think that you bring to the table that? makes it a good date so i th- i think that it's the, then it's the same it's, yeah. the reciprocal right mm-hmm. okay um let's let's hit up this crazy facebook thread that we have going on now um mother any additionals nope okay yeah they, they might be jokes from people that i do comedy with so bear with me. <laughs> well, the first one is why are fedoras why are fedoras that's a joke. Okay, that is move a joke. on. Next. <laughs> uh, should I spend the extra $2 to get a shampoo before my haircut at Supercuts? <laughs> at Supercuts. Good. Don't cut your hair. <laughs> there you go. At what point should you introduce emojis into dating conversations? Right away. Right away. When are you allowed to tell someone you meant you love them? <laughs> is one week too soon? So you're, you're laughing, but this has happened to the last yeah. person... We just interviewed a girl who's uh, yep. my age group, and, and we, we, she said that she had two dates that told her on the first date that they loved her. And she was older, too. She wasn't like 18 years old. No, she was in her 40s. Wow. Yeah. Maybe he was just fresh out of a, fresh out of two, a marriage or something? I don't two know. different guys. Not even just one, too. I would be more – I mean, that's, I don't, that's certainly not a question that you, we can just answer right now. When are you allowed to tell somebody you – you met, you love them is one too soon. I'm curious as to why that question is being asked. I think that, uh, he, this guy might be joking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, what's the ideal price for an entree on a night and a first date is 24, 24 to 36, 36 too expensive. 
Do dance moves speak for themselves? Do dance moves speak for themselves? Is taking a girl to Costco for dinner a good plan so she will fill, fill up, up on, on samples? samples. I'm guessing that's another one of your comedian friends. These are all guys. Costco for dinner, obviously. We had their pizza. It's amazing. <laughs> and it's like a buck yeah. fifty. And then one guy goes. <laughs> that's a good point. One guy goes just dot 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 how? How? <laughs> how do you date? So. All right, those are our questions. Most of them were facetious, which is I think they were all although, facetious. Although I, my t- first question was actually, you know, what, what, how important is humor in a in a relationship? So I, I guess that uh, those guys are right on target. They oh, just right. Those <laughs> right, right, right. Humor's so funny, right? I think humor is interesting because uh, to me, the I mean, the best to me, the best sense of humor is why I love your sense of humor. Is kind of this uh, 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 com- comes from. Like the own shakings that you have going on inside yourself. Self-deprecating. Yeah, yeah, like a self-deprecate. Exactly, self-deprecating sense of humor. And I think that uh, guys who are uh, humor can definitely come from the wrong place if you don't have a sense of that. So, can I? Okay, I don't know if you you need to wrap up. Um, I do actually. Okay. Well, then there will be further discussion about self-deprecation and whether it's actually <laughs> a healthy thing for someone to cultivate. Because mm-hmm. for me, I've started. It's getting to the point now where. It's detrimental to my own self-esteem, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and while it's a good crutch to to for for comedy, mm-hmm. it, it's it's not good for my mental stability mm-hmm. and health. Mm-hmm. So, any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's a character. I mean, it's it's a quality that I think is vital to cultivate, but um, not one to rely upon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that goes for a lot of things. Um, same with confidence. It's extremely important. It's necessary, but not one to be, not something to be relied upon in its entirety, um, at all. It's so many things, right? That are very good. I think that are very can be very that are very positive, are not meant to be relied upon. They're meant to have a um, a place, a, a place. And I think if there's an innate, if it's if it's coming innately, that's really the best thing. Like a mm-hmm. sense of innate humility, I think, is amazing. Um, when you rely on humility, it turns into something completely different, which is being run run all over and not. Uh, allowing yourself to be heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, such a wise Shogo. Why Shogo? Why Shogo? Do you, what would you like to plug? Um, well, first, let's ask him our typical question about oh, if you've walked in on your parents having sex, or have they walked in on you? Uh, no. Well, you have to. <laughs> no, I have not. But <laughs> um, I did want at one time. This like scarred me for a long time. I I uh, had a porno tape. This back in the VHS days, and I was like. Must have been fifteen years old, and uh, and it must have been going around school. No, I got it from I, I stole it from my dad. And uh, <laughs> frequently happens that way. Yeah, and uh, some reason I went into my mom's bed. Oh, my mom had a VCR in her bedroom. I don't know if my stepdad. So I went in there, and I and I they were gone one day, and I put the tape in, and uh, then I went back into the kitchen because I needed to get some canola. I needed to get something to masturbate with. So I went to the kitchen and got a big bottle of like Wesson canola oil. <laughs> Yeah, okay. put the tape in, sat on my mom's side of the bed, and they and uh, put the oil in my hand. And the second I laid back to start <laughs> masturbating, I kicked over the bottle of oil, and, oh. I, and they have this like white carpet. Oh no! And all Hilarious! Over. Oh my Hilarious. god! <laughs> yeah, and I freaked out, ran. Oh you know, my god! Ran back to the kitchen, got all these paper towels, and was trying to like sop it up. Spent like an hour trying to get it all up. It looked like I got it all, but obviously not. It's oil on a white carpet. And so over the over time, like over a few weeks, started collecting 
du- dirt because it's oh, sticky. Oh my god, that's hilarious! And then, like maybe a month later, my mom you know, comes up and asks me, like, "Did you did you spill some coffee on our on our?" Yeah, rug? that's what it was. My co- coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, of course I like you know. And then I lied. Of course, I was like, "No, no, no, me, no, I don't. I didn't go into your room. <laughs> Why yeah, would I go right. into your room?" And like every like time I went into the room, for whatever reason, you know, I. I uh, uh, I would see that stain on the carpet and like be so ashamed about that because I never told my mom oh, either, right? Man. So that like ingrained itself in my childhood, and then uh, I think when I was like twenty five, something like that, I finally called my mom. Told and you her. told her, and I told her, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. How did she that respond? Coffee stain? Well, it wasn't exactly coffee. Yeah, it wasn't coffee. It was, <laughs> I was masturbating to porn on your. On your bed, and I kicked over a bottle of oil that I was using to masturbate. I mean, think about that. You were masturbating in your mother's bed. I mean, it's like oh hilarious. God. That is so I wonder funny. how many listeners masturbate on their parents' beds. I know, but you, I mean, I know that you would be cool with it. If it's a, yeah. it's a different experience, I think, for most. Mother, you don't have to worry about me. <laughs> I was not masturbating in your bed at all. Although you were rubbing yourself on there. What was it? Oh, yeah. You do <laughs> listen. I was listening on the way over. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It's yeah, been, this has been great. Thank you very much, guys. You're, you need to be coming uh, a regular. This is really oh, helpful. Thank you. Thank you. So it was great. It was really great to reconnect again. So, what would you what would you like our listeners if they want to find out more information about you? Oh. Where should they? Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to find out more information about me, it's probably um, just out of curiosity. It would be right. Check out. Um, just go to my website, thesocialgeneration.com. Uh, or my YouTube channel. I put videos up there. It's been a while since I put stuff up. I've um, I've been on a about a year long hiatus, but uh, things are. But they're great videos. I've I've watched. Yeah, they are. They're very good. Thanks. Yeah, and they're, they're still, still relevant. Yeah, they're definitely still relevant, and it's not just. It's not really. It's kind of disguised as dating advice for men, but I think it's really relevant to anybody and um, men and women, and not necessarily just dating. It's a lot of social stuff and enjoyment questions. So um, that would be on. Just my YouTube name, uh, show, my name, Shogo Garcia on YouTube. Cool. And that will all be in the uh, description box of this episode. Awesome. Thank you, Shogo. Thanks, Cameron. Mom? I'll put a link to uh, Shogo's uh, debut on the Karen Lee Potter show where he oh, yeah. was very humorous and subject to penis size. Yeah, that was, <laughs> a, that was a funny video. I have to check that out again. That's awesome. Okay, guys. Thank you very much. It was great. Thank you, Shogo. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And that was our interview with Shogo Garcia. He's the man, as we said. He's the man. You texted me immediately after saying, do you have a man crush on Shogo? See? There you go. Shogo and I spent the rest of the afternoon, we spent like the next three hours (laughs) talking about spirituality. You went real deep. Ayahuasca. The the purpose of our lives. You you know, you guys have a bond. We got a bond. Is he a Pisces too? I got no idea. I gotta find out if he's a Pisces. Yep. But uh, I hope you guys all like that because I certainly learned a lot. I mean, I, I had to do some deep thinking. The guy's very, very bright, but he's he's not like nerdy, like geeky. He's really he has an edgy, funny side too. He's he he has the whole game going. He's awesome, and it, it does sound like he's moving away from just men's dating to now. He and then to like how do you overcome social anxiety both for men and women. And now in, into like how how do you find out what really truly will make you feel fulfilled in life? And he's he actually a guru. he's a freaking guru. He's a guru. I, I'd follow him. Follow him he right might into be the dark. saying the next Gandhi here. <laughs>
<laughs> all right. Anyway, we love you all. And like we said, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast here on iTunes. And you know what? It would be really nice if we got a review from you. We would love it if you got a review. We might yeah. even like send out some special shout-outs to anybody who gives us good reviews. Reviews are huge, so please leave a review. Yeah. Anyway, one more time. Ready? Let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. I Wait, love y'all. You go, ready? 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 Like, oh, yeah, we're, we've all been waiting. You know, you guys have been sitting there with bated breath to hear that song coming out of my lips. Anyway. Thank you, guys. Love you. Bye. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.